Welcome one and all to the um, Low Key Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith Denny. And um, today we're going to talk about um, Netflix's new adult cartoon, The Midnight Gospel, brought to us by creators Pendleton Ward, who's also known for Adventure Time, and comedian Duncan Trussell. So there's a lot to kind of unpack with this show. I know, Aaron, you said that you want to give your first opinion. So what, what were your overall thoughts about The Midnight Gospel? Well, if you could, before I jump into what I was, my initial impressions, could you kind of just set the scene for what the show is for the audience? So a lot of people have been explaining the show as being a mixture between Rick and Morty and the Joe Rogan experience. So what we have is an animated show, a pretty trippy animated show, where in the backdrop of everything that's going on, we have all these very zany and also violent imagery alongside a interesting existentialist type of um, conversations regarding life, death, the universe, meditation, spirituality, God, all of the, all of that good stuff. So, um, from, from how the first thing I thought about it, of course, when I was, watching it was like this is pretty much a podcast right you know like if you just took away i mean and that's what they say it is he calls it a space cast but keeping in mind he's jumping into different multiverses of earth and then talking to the inhabitants of that reality yeah so so the main character he's um is clancy and he has a space cast and he uses a a interdimensional machine they call it a simulator i don't really know how it functions and so he's able to create an avatar and go to different what you say different dimensions or just different planets uh it's always earth but it's just different multiverses it's called a multiverse simulator and he just jumps to different versions of earth and they just vary very wildly from like zombie um you know situations to and I mean, it's way, it's not just simply zombie, there's a lot of other stuff going on, but um, uh, hedonist um, adventures to, you know, or that was his attempt to do that. Uh, just all kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and you guys used to have a podcast, and I hope we'll still have a podcast called Meanwhile in the Multiverse. So I feel like this is kind of, kind of your speed. I felt like, I was like, did they? kind of take our idea low-key you know oh oh shit because that's pretty much was our idea was to have a podcast where we were talking if we were in a, a alternate universe in each episode i was like huh. and that, that attracted me to the um midnight gospel um the first go around i was like check this yeah. out see what's yeah i think once we did the umar johnson running for president one i mean yeah i felt like we were going places that were kind of strange um, I totally kind of even forgot that we did that concept to some degree. I mean, I not totally forgot. It's just I didn't even connect the dot that way. But that actually is kind of funny thinking about it. And the Except one for one thing we didn't do, we didn't either interview people as part of that process and ask them to participate as if there was a different universe. That would have been interesting, though. Yeah, and they did all of that in this. And it's, um, you know, hey, hey, love it. I really like the um, creativity behind the show and and the things that they that they tried to do with it so so at least from the perspective of what loki normally covers this is by far the strangest thing that we've done keith so we were spitballing all these different ideas for what to do for an episode we had something that we thought we we're going to do it fell through which is fine maybe it'll happen in the future but we were looking around at it different sorts of content we couldn't really land on anything and it keeps like let's do midnight gospel and i didn't even look at the trailer um because I, I was doing something with my toddler and tim's like let's go let's do it and i was like okay and then i finally looked it up on netflix and i was like oh an animated show all right let's all right cool cool and then I started watching it, and my first thought was, what the fuck does Keith have me looking at? This is the strangest <laughs> damn thing. Because, I mean, basically, if you ever looked at adult swim content, this isn't, like, super cra- Like, you, you're bumping into stuff like this all the time. Like, super gel from, like, a uh, standpoint of just unexpected violence. Um, yeah. 
you know, like th- that is and, and just kind of like these existential conversations of thoughts. They always uh Dulcim was always kind of like trafficked in this kind of stuff. So to know that, um, you know, uh, Pendleton Ward uh, is a part of that creative group is not particularly shocking. I'm sure maybe uh, some of the people um, who we worked on um, with, with um, people within in that framework in Cartoon Network and in uh, Turner, I'm sure some of them came with him to make this show. Um, and yeah, initially in the first episode, I didn't understand that he literally just had people coming on to have these conversations about just different topics. And, and because the way the show is doing, doing it is like, they're doing an interview basically interspersed with like some random plot they've decided to do, but like the visuals don't always match what they're talking about. It's, It's always like, you know, death and, and, just craziness happening and like just yeah. things that kind of go beyond your normal imagination. So it's hard to catch everything they're saying initially. And I think it would take multiple watches to really squeeze all the juice out of what is happening there. But there's a lot of really interesting stuff. If if you can, you know, watch it with your mind open, your third eye has got to be open to really kind of catch a lot of it. Yeah, like the first episode is Dr. Drew as the president of the United States fighting off a zombie invasion while he talks to Duncan Trussell. Um, the main character who is known in the show as, what's his name again? Uh, Clancy. Uh, Clancy. Clancy. Yeah. Um, about drugs. And on the one level, you can appreciate this weird story about the zombie invasion. And on the other level, you can sort of go along with the philosophical talk they're having about drugs. I thought it was interesting because with people not being able to necessarily get together and create things, this is a show that could be a model for other shows. Um, mm. you could record things the way that we're recording it right now over Skype and then throw some animation on top of it. And you could be as ambitious or unambitious as you want. I mean, we could right now be acting out a soap opera. Um, <laughs> just like they could, and maybe we should, just like they're having these philosophical <laughs> conversations about you know drugs and life and magic, death. Um, and it's, it's not very scripted, you can tell. Yeah, and some of the conversations are really compelling and some are less compelling. And I think that goes for the animation, too. Some of it is really cool, and some of it is like, that's just kind of silly. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely, there's a lot to, there's a lot to get involved in. And my, my mini-review is, I don't know if I always like the show, but I feel like I would like the people. Like, I feel like the people involved, I would like to talk to. Um, even though sometimes I'm like, oh, that's like a unicorn, you know, pooping on the moon or whatever, and I don't. I'm not that entertained by the visuals. <laughs> but I, I, I like the idea and I like the open-mindedness of it. And what you said about the third eye, I think is exactly right. Like you have to really pay attention. Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think a lot of times like in, in, in a few of the episodes, and by the way, there may be some spoilers thrown in here for anybody that wants to watch the show. And I strongly suggest watching it. Um, <laughs> How the fuck do you spoil this show? Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah. some stuff it's some stuff that may be spoiled. I just want to put that out there. Just you mean that's not occurring in the multiverse? What? It, it, well, okay, in, in, okay. So not occurring in, in, inside the simulator. It's hard, like you could you could spoil the simulator to some degree, but you're not gonna get it. I don't think there's anything Harlow we could describe that would make sense to anyone who's not looking at it. Okay. Well, well, if you. I, I mean, in the third episode, uh, the solar enlightenment is above enlightenment. So that's that's one thing that everybody should be aware of. Just to, I did not know that myself. Just I did not know that. magic worked that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's an actual plot, I want to say, like towards the last four episodes. And it and it's a it's a coherent story from that point. Now, still weird and still trippy, but it's a story that focuses more on Clancy all the way up until the last episode. So there is some things that could be spoiled. All the other episodes before that, yeah, you could, you don't really, um, you could watch any of them and they don't feel connected in any kind of way. But like once you do get to the last few episodes, it, it does have a actual coherent plot. And I think that the overall, like, so so my thoughts, my overall thoughts on the show is what is it being a a show it for one shouldn't be eight 
eight episodes long. It could have been fine with just four or five episodes. But I just think that it's just a big meta, big metaphor for mindfulness. Um, hmm. The majority of episodes talk a lot about being present, no matter what situation you're in, no matter if you're having fun with friends or having a conversation or you're on the verge of death. It's always about being present. And so what I was thinking is that the whole show itself is a big metaphor for, for that. So whereas the, the main thing to focus on is the conversations themselves and not so much of the visuals. It's kind of, it, I don't know if you guys ever like meditated before. And one thing about meditation is really, um, and they say it in the show too, that it's not so much about shutting your brain off and throwing away thoughts. It's about, um, you know, making yourself being still and being in the moment and being present in that very moment. Now, while you're being present, there are going to be all types of shit coming into your brain. So I was I was feeling like the visuals that you see are all these zany, like almost like thoughts that seem disjuncted that comes into your brain when you're trying to be still, when you're trying to be mindful. Um, Keith, I really like what you just brought up because even though I made that joke about enlightenment being a spoiler, I did think that was the most interesting point that the show made. And it did kind of in that moment blow my mind, like the idea of, you know, enlightenment is being really conscious of what you're doing and where you are and being truly alert to the things around you, um, as I understood it. I thought that was pretty, pretty profound, especially, you know, for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. I guess the whole thing is animation has matured beyond just cartoon as, as we've conceived it. I mean, the as you guys have already kind of laid out, essentially what you have is... I don't know if you, you would particularly call them experts in the field, but people who have a particular uh, affinity for a certain subject. And so um, they brought on different people to have those conversations about whatever their particular focus expertise is. Um, and, and I do actually want to give some credit to the visual. I mean, sometimes it feels incoherent. As I'm watching it, though, if you're able, I mean, what, what's difficult, if, if you can make yourself present enough, so to speak, to... Because I had to turn the subtitles on to do this, but if you're it like taking the visuals in and able to to really hear what they're saying or, or interpret it, read it, whatever, there are some things that come in that are super interesting, although they don't always intersperse the same way. So in episode two, uh, they talk about a crap ton of stuff um, but it actually begins with um, Clancy wanting to go, I guess, to what he calls a clown planet. He sees clown babies being born out of fruit, and then they're eating by dog-looking creatures. <laughs> and then those dog-looking creatures start talking, and he's interviewing this woman um, and this guy. And they have all these conversations about a ton of things. Part of it is about, like, religion and and just, like, accepting um, Christ. And, and it, it's – but the way they talk about it is, like, not – Typical how you, you see it discussed in, in, you know, in church. Now, while that's happening, though, there's this thing going on where, like, they're being chopped into meat in a meat factory or, like, a meat city. It, again, you have to watch. It's not going to make a lot of sense. But one of the things that happens is, that you, like, you don't know what's about to happen when they get chopped up. But they keep talking. And they're still conscious of themselves. Yeah. And as that happens, it's not just simply that, like, they're ground in the, into beef or whatever individually. You get to see like that moment, and this actually happens with me. I, I think a lot of people don't think about it. When you grind animals into meat, they—it's not one animal. It's it's sometimes several animals in that ground beef, for example. This is something I think, if you're not like aware of that already, you might be like, "Hold on, wait a minute." They just, huh? That's strange. So like. But but it's at the same time, they're still having this just conversation about the regular conversation they've been having, but you're watching all this other stuff happen. And that's just one of the weird things happen visually while these other things are happening. But it's it's I, I do think the visuals are telling a story, although it's not always focused exactly on their conversation, but it does have a point of view that that they're displaying that you know, can be compelling if you're able to catch it. But I do think oftentimes it might take more than one viewing. I, I sound like a cartoon snob, like I don't like cartoons or something. Um, and I guess I don't like them that much because I don't 
it's been a while since I've been a kid and I don't have a kid yet. Give me a few weeks. Um, and my wife really, really objects to cartoons, like really doesn't like cartoons. So I just don't get to see that many cartoons. But I don't hate cartoons. I mean, I've, I've, I've loved some animated stuff in my life. I think my thing with this show is sometimes, you know, I really like high and low. I really like mixing like the philosophy with like a, a really dumb joke. But I feel like they're sometimes using the, the dumber jokes as like almost an apology or like to say, you know, we're not pretentious. And I kind of wish they would just latch on even more completely to the weirdness without the stuff that sort of grounds it in like a poop joke. Um, because mm -hmm. th that stuff sometimes just feels like self-consciously trying to deflate their own balloon. And I, I think the stuff they're talking about is interesting enough that they should just go with it and not apologize for being really smart. Mm -hmm. mm. No, I, I, you know, it was funny. There were moments where even um, in the fourth episode, there are, I mean, I've heard this this sort of thing before. I thought the way that they, um, so there's this moment, they're talking about it like in so much stuff in all these conversations. One of them is about um, this concept of um, kind of a, pre, like, so I'm sorry, like I'm, I'm hesitating cause to think it through because it, it really did. They go really, really deep on a lot of stuff. One of them, though, is about just the body and the fact that we are everybody at some point becomes a corpse. It's, it's like everything, nothing, everything in our world is impermanent. They talk a lot about time and, and how that impacts so many things about consciousness and, and mortality. And one of the moments that they talk about is. To, if you face your mortality, there's something about that that is um, just completely um, it, it just it can impose so much fear that you you become afraid to face it. Um, and because you don't know when death comes, you know, it's it can be a little weird. But they talk about how when people have cancer, it can feel really freeing because there is there's a actual grain of, I forgot what the thing's called. Well, like what's that thing? We have like grains of sand. You can flip it over hourglass. Basically they have an hourglass. They know when the time is up and it's really freeing to them in a lot of ways. And look, they say it in a much better way than I just did. And, and, and kind of juxtapose that to people who don't know that, like how they have a lack of appreciation for being in the moment of being present as, as Keith mentioned. And there's just, I don't know. I found it really interesting, but you know, and I know people who, might find that interesting, but there is something about the way it undercuts itself sometimes that might not connect with other generations, older generations. So I think would actually find some stuff very interesting about this show and, and its wisdom. But um, it, sometimes the way it chooses to deliver things is just not for everybody. But I think that's okay though. I mean, because their their way of expressing, um, you know, these existential conversations. You know, I mean, I. I I think that that's how they they understand how to deliver it. And Adventure Time itself, while a kid show, so to speak, definitely is not like. I mean, I understood enough about this show and what it was trying to say that it kind of got me like a, a really. I don't know, man. Like that that show would have you almost just having a hard time. I don't know, like I don't know, man. That that show not had me in a funk. It just it it was really really good, but the way it it viewed the world in in humanity and where humanity goes is just really um, interesting. Time. Yeah, Adventure Time is an amazing show, yeah. but what the stuff it really does have to say about human history and I don't want to actually spoil Adventure Time. It's a totally different show, but. The, man, it, it's it's really fascinating, but it wasn't something I was ready for. Honestly, yeah, I've always felt like Adventure Time was way better than what people gave it credit for, for the most part. And who didn't they, give it credit though? Well, I'm just saying, I mean, the people that I know, like they just think it's just some funny shit. But, but just like what um, what Tim said, like it could be a very intelligent show, just like this show. But they might undercut it with a fart joke or something, you know, or um, Bemo singing the pregnant song. I don't know. Hey, man, baking pancakes still a hit, man. If they put baking pancakes on the radio, it'll probably be number one right now. Uh, what's it? What's uh, Marceline's song, Dad, Why Did You Eat My Fries? <laughs> oh, that was a great song. Great song. It, that, that one has some real good songs. And you could, you could, We might get timid to the show if we uh, haven't listened to Daddy, Why Did You Eat My Fries? That's, <laughs> that's, a, 
that whole episode was funny as shit. <laughs> but um, but there you see a little bit of that in the um the Midnight Gospel. I think I think there were a few episodes that I thought were like just so so good. Like I don't know if you guys made it to the one where the guy um is in prison and he keeps that, that was an amazing episode tim i really wish you made to the fifth I that was as far as i got but that one was so cool because it anybody who's watched one of those action hero things where like a hero gets to the point where they stop killing for example and you're like why the hell would they do that mm. and then you you learn it journey so like, okay that makes sense they were able to like tell that whole saga and and like the philosophy behind that and like seeing yourself and others in like less than twenty minutes, right? And then also showing that he and from what I got from it that he was a prisoner of his own mind. He was a prisoner of his own mind, but he learned to have empathy and see himself in in, in other people, and like that's something I think a lot of people can learn from today. <laughs> what we're going through. But it's it's so it I, I think it, it it at least in episode five was interesting. I did feel like it was maturing a bit in how it was doing things. Although I will say, Tim, since you end on episode four, the visuals, man, I'll say I was not ready for the man, that shit was so funny. You're talking about like my booty is juicy and the booty was like coming out and it had teeth and it was attacking old girl. Or oh, the part before I like um, what was his name again? What was the name Prince Jambone or something? Uh, something stupid <laughs> like that. It, it was, it, it was weird as fuck. And then, um, wait, that's one think... where he thinks he's going to Mercuritaville, right? And he ends up in a different. Or is that that's the, that's as far as I yeah, got. yeah yeah. Well, he he thinks he's going to the to the place where everybody just fuck all the time and be happy. Yeah, that's what. Instead, he ends up like in some desolate medieval monster area, and just stuff goes wrong. But yeah, I didn't. I want to clarify. I didn't bail out because I thought the show was bad. I just ran out of time. But I, I would. Oh, me going. too. I yeah. thought it was interesting. But th- there was that the the moment where um, she ended up. She he kept talking about how, you know, he was having this conversation with the dude. He just he couldn't stop himself from shutting up, and so what ended up happening was he finds out. So he says he, he wastes like fifteen minutes of this guy's time. He's not really listening to him. He's the one doing all the talking, and then he found out. That he happened to die about a week late, and he said, "Damn, I wasted 15 minutes of, the, of his last moments just bullshitting, you know, and being selfish like that." And and he just said, I felt terrible about that. And while he's saying all this like stuff about like how you know sometimes you know you're just not listening to people, and you're just like you act like you're listening, but you're just kind of spaced out. While that's happening, there's a dude milking some animal's teat in front of the girl while she's like trying to focus but like yeah. she's not focused because that's happening in front of her and he's looking directly at her and she's not looking at him and she's like uh-huh the phrase exactly uses, the phrase he uses to ear bomb somebody where you just like drop a bunch of information on them continuously is kind of life-changing for me because i couldn't figure out what the name for that was like i used to know a guy who like would just like describe the plot of a movie to you and tell you like the entire movie and you'd be there for like 20 minutes and it's like well as long as that was like i maybe should have just watched the movie like that only be you know an extra hour or so i mean or or basically he gave you the boring version of cinema sins <laughs> i mean i thought that was that was a really it was funny to just put a name on that phenomenon because like people call it mansplaining sometimes i guess but it's it's not a uh sometimes it's a gender specific thing but not always yeah, no, nah, totally. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I do appreciate a lot about what it's doing. I do believe that, you know, from what I saw, it seemed to be successful at what it wanted to achieve. Although, you know, to, to get that full experience to finish the season off, I'd, I'd have to do that to completely say if it sticks to landing or not. I would say the final episode had me a bit emotional. Well. That's why, like, I, and and maybe 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 I'm a little softy about stuff like that. But it was just it was it was too much. Like towards the end, I was like, man, I didn't expect it to feel that way after I finished it. And um, I don't know it. It gave an interesting perspective. I say that and gives you something to think about. I liked it at some point. 
myself just kind of go back and look at what each episode's focused on. Like the third episode, I don't know what the subject's called, but I mean, dude kept talking about being a a, a poor guy coming from Arkansas who now focuses in magic. But I was yeah. like, what the hell? What what is it like? How do I look that up? Like I I, I wasn't sure like what the subject was. Well, they list um, the um they list the names of the people like they had Ed Lamont, they had Doctor Drew. Mm-hmm. I don't know who the third and fourth were. I I took note of the fourth one, and I, I mean they're all really interesting, intelligent people. And also Duncan Trussell is like a very good interviewer and a good conversationalist, yeah. and also has like a really nice voice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. Yeah, I mean you know it, I think it's it's super cool though. Uh, there's opportunities to just really you know, dive in and just try all kinds of stuff. And, and, you know, in the fifth episode, they, (laughs) it was, this isn't, this does not even encapsulate this word I'm about to use, but you know, like when people say meta, it can mean like a whole bunch of things. But one of the things they mentioned was like, you know, he was, he was talking about like these guys who like, they get really, really into video games. And not that that would be a problem, but he was like, you know, he was talking to this dude who played World of Warcraft like 20 hours straight. And he'd be like, well, you know, I can't miss this. I got I got to like keep my experience points going up. But he's like, but what about your actual life, like experience points in life? <laughs> um, he said, and then like you have people who get experience points in that, but then they want to get experience points and in the augmented reality thing as well. And then so on and so forth. So it's like you keep like putting like stacking on different realities until whatever you experience as reality is, is just a normal human being while at the right. same time Clancy himself is actually in a simulated multiverse yeah you know it's like the thing that was really interesting interesting for me and maybe this is where the show was going is Clancy is not actually as a character grappling with anything in like in his because the thing is I'm not 100% clear that what Clancy is experiencing as we see him is real for him even like that too might even be like a fake world at least that's how i was saying it or understand it to some degree because he doesn't remember he gets these messages from his sister about how she gave him this money he buys a simulator they shouldn't be messing around with he has some messages from some other people too so he he doesn't actually deal with his world but he always is diving into simulated worlds I, yeah, I don't know if these multiverses exist, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, you you kind of got it. That's pretty much what it is. Like, he doesn't face his own shit. Yeah. Until, like, towards the end. And it and it, it was interesting because, like, you know, from the first few episodes, you like, you know, Clancy seems pretty intelligent. And then as things go on, like, after the fifth episode, because he has the rose by then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the rose. You see that he's really, like, ex- extremely irresponsible, he don't want to own up to his shit. Like, it's some stuff happened in the past that he don't want to revisit. Oh, that was clear early, yeah. And so, um, this is kind of like just doing a space cast in a way is like a distraction from all of that. Yeah, I mean, look, it essentially what he's saying is, this is how you knew he was full of shit. He's like, basically, hey, sister, I'm going to pay you back by doing a podcast. I'm going to get rich off this podcast, so chill the fuck out. I know about the simulator with the money you gave me, but I'm making a podcast. Just chill. All the money is coming back to you. It's like, eh. Nah, it doesn't work like that. And then he was talking to the computer. The computer's like, hey, danger, danger. He's like, ah, shut up, computer. Yeah. And then the computer's like, hey, you could have died in there. He's like, I could have died? Oh. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a problem. <laughs> like, he doesn't know anything about his simulator. And yeah, because he won't. It's like, hey, man, I sent you this FAQ. Did you read the FAQ? Nope. All right, let's go to next world I want to go to. It's like, hey, no, but hey, you should really read this. Like, I'm hurting in here. He's like, ah, you'll be fine. And then he comes back the last time the machine's like, yeah, man, so I felt all that. He was like, you felt all, man. You should have told me that. Like, I tried to tell you, you <laughs> ass. I'm very much related to that because my computer's kind of on its last legs right now and there's nothing I can do about it. And every day is like, my, I am full. Like you need to know, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. I, mean, now, I need to get on Twitter. Nothing, you you could get an ex uh an external hard drive. You could maybe, yeah. I, that, you know what? I think I'm gonna do that. That's a good idea. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna look that up. That's a good idea. That would solve a lot. 
You you wasted trips to the store in, in well, these times. I haven't gone to the store for sh- that's that's why. Like normally I'd go to the Mac oh, store okay. and be like, guys, maybe I can get flash drives. Okay, good idea. It depends on how big they are, but yeah. <laughs> I, was, um, I don't know why this made me think about when we talk about like the video game and gaming experience points. I don't know if I told you guys this, but I use a, a app where you like create a fantasy character avatar. And you give yourself tasks to do throughout the day. And once you do those tasks and mark them off, it um gives your character experience points and levels them up. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what I mean, because I guess because I'm, you know, I've always been in the video games. It actually helped me get tasks done. But that's what I mean, it, it helps you. It helps you frame, you know, things and, and give you goals set that, that you can can actually really point to and, and, and feel like you're interacting with it. I mean, I, I do think those things are helpful. You know I mean? Whatever tool helps a person be productive and, and you know, really um, have a level of consistency that, that works for them. I mean, I, I think people should take advantage of those things. I mean, technology is not always great for that. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that, you know, used properly, it, it's a great, great thing to have. Honestly, 100%. I was just thinking because, like, when you think about gaming, especially when you think about playing RPGs, it's a lot of grinding that's involved in it. And so, like, it's nothing that you just, like, to, I don't know, to become powerful, you know, in most RPGs, especially like those massive world ones, you have to be playing and putting in hours and putting in time to upgrade your character. Mm-hmm. And, but if you change that same, if you have that same type of, um, passion and use it towards like real life tasks and real life goals. It's amazing what you can actually do in in reality, you know, because it because it shows that you have that in you if you're able to sit down and play a video game and do the same damn thing. Because to me, grinding on RPGs, that shit is work. Hell <laughs> yeah, it is. That's why I don't do it that much now. I mean, I, I well, let me not lie. I'd like it's not like I don't do it at all. Um, I am very much still a gamer, but I'm, man, I got games. I used to have thousands of hours in that. That life is gone now. I just I don't even have the energy for it. You know, uh, it ain't even just about time. I just you know it's hard for me to to throw that much of myself into it the same way. Just, but just like me and Animal Crossing, I'm in three hundred thousand dollars in debt right now. I have enough bails to get this raccoon his his money back for this house. You know, so it's like. <laughs> And then I was thinking one day, I'm like, damn, if I could do this on a game, I could probably buy a house in real life, right? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, Animal <laughs> Crossing is literally, Tim, do you know what Animal, well, look, the audience might not know what Animal Crossing is. I haven't even played the game. My sense of it, watching other people's experience, and, you know, because I, you know, as I said, am a gamer. I got gamers all on my social feed and stuff. And basically just seeing, like, all people are doing, like, going around, catching animals, making a house up, like, and and when I say making a house up, like, you can, you have a home, you can decorate it, and you can, like, live on little islands and villages, you can trade currency um, for things. And in some cases, people, like, actually are using QR codes to buy things in real life. It's oh, really kind of complicated. Uh, is that an accurate way to put it? Like, what's the goal of the game? Okay, so first off, there's no goal of the game. It's to not kill your family while you're in quarantine? I would say this. (laughs) (laughs) To to talk about Animal Crossing, for one, it's a very slow-paced game, and it's like, it goes by real time, too. So, like, right now, if I go play the game, it's going to be 8 o'clock. And so if I want to sell some stuff at the store, I need to do it before 10 because it's going to close at 10 Central Standard Time. But anyway, like, so it goes by real time. You can um, upgrade your island by planting plants, trees. You invite other animals to your island. You build them homes. Um, You also can, like, do this thing where you buy turnips. And turnips kind of work like, I guess, like stocks, in a sense. So if you buy a certain amount of turnips at a lower price, you can wait a couple of days and sell them for a higher price. But you have to sell them before they go bad. And therefore, the price of the turnips go down. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of examples and stories, too. Uh, I don't know if, if either of you have seen this, where like people who are elderly 
Like they they be beasting Animal Crossing. Yeah, they ain't got nothing else. Yeah, man. Like they were talking. There was this woman who like she was eighty four, and I forgot what she achieved. It was like critically acclaimed. Well, like she apparently she just had like a crazy amount of hours and and homes and villages and shit. And when the new one came out, she was like, yeah, yeah, right on time. Because, you know, quarantine, like, it came out, like, I think the week before the week after quarantine uh, stuff was hidden in America. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, shoot, hey, that's, that's cool. Like, because the thing is, you can invite people to your island, like, real people to your island, too. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're just doing it in your own little bubble. Like, there's, like, a, I don't know how it's connected, but, like, you can bring people you know to your place. Can people you don't know come? Uh, yeah. I mean, you don't have no one personally, of course, but they have. You have to send them a code to come to your island. But um, I, I have like one of my friends, my co friend coworker. She came to my island, and I've been to her island. And it's like amazing. <laughs> and so when she walked into my island, she just kind of gave me that presence, like when a rich person comes to a, a <laughs> person's home. And she's like, yeah, man, people be judging other people's <laughs> islands. Maybe serious. Nah, this, <laughs> this is. And she left me a gift, and then just left. <laughs> Dude, it's it, like I, I mean, look. Here's the thing. It's so it's so weird, Tim. Like people really, I'll be on social media, and people will be judging other people's homes, like like like, like 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 they peasants and shit. Like, oh, you need to come to my past, see what I got going on. Because the other thing too is like <laughs> different communities of people have different things they do. Like some people actually have fucking game shows. They 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 invite a whole bunch of people over. They stream it and they have game shows on Animal Crossing. There's just a lot of really weird, and again, this is basically a simulation. It's, it's like most. I haven't seen a a scary negative version of it yet. I'm sure that's coming somewhere down the line. Somebody made a horror town. Okay, I ain't seen that yet. Uh, but it's Wait, very it, much like called? this show. Horror town or horror town? Like, like a horror, like a horror. You know, my oh. like, like a horror movie. Horror. Oh my God. Now, yeah, not, not like where whores roam. Not, not, no, it's not a horror town. It's a horror town. It's a whole town. different type of crossing. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> oh, look, there was, there was a video, or not a video, a meme. Um, and this is apparently a real picture. There was a, this dude playing basketball, and he was outside, and this deer came out was trying to take the basketball, and somebody put up the title Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Animals are taking back over. It's pretty cra- it's pretty crazy. Yeah, like I've seen a lot of the examples of that around the world too. We went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning and we saw, we saw a donut like a donut, sorry. We saw a duck like swim across the river, swim across the Charles River and like climb up a little hilltop to get to this woman who was just like standing by the river. She's and we're like, do they know each other? Like what is this? Like, Wait a minute. Like, well, you mean not not a woman duck, but a human woman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at Dunkin' Donuts. It's by the Charles River, so you can like sit and park in Dunkin' Donuts, like look out the river. It's nice and quiet. It's the first nice day in a long time. So we're hanging out, and we see this woman like walk up the river. And we're like, oh, that's nice. Like, what a good idea. Go for a little walk. Good idea. A duck like beelines towards her across the water and then runs up in the embankment, which is like 15 feet, and goes like right to her. And we're just like, huh. this is weird. Animals have got it. Huh. I mean, yeah, they they just coming out the woodwork. I at first I thought you were talking about like donuts have become sentient and were walking around too. I, I was like shit. I, I did say donut when I meant to say duck. Um, no, I, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> I think we got a little more to worry about than than I had realized. I saw a coyote when I was jogging the other day. Jesus. Yeah, I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Because I knew it wasn't a dog. It was just like it didn't look right. I mean, I just, mean, when you say you saw the coyote, like, I mean, was he trying to run up on you? No, he saw me. He was across the street. <laughs> across the street. And it's like, and I was just thinking to myself, just keep jogging, just act normal. And I kept looking over my shoulder, but he never ran up on me. And, you so, know, would you be taking that same path tomorrow? I mean, it's, I did. I did still take the path. This was like a week or so ago. You bold. I don't know, man. It's Texas. These animals are afraid of people. These Texans, man, they crazy. Well, but Texas, they they coming out to work again anyway. They don't even care. Yeah. You know I mean, I guess you ain't gonna see too many more coyotes, no way. They see bobcats, whatever. They don't give a fuck. Um, I remember <laughs> the other day. Now, I wasn't the other day. This may have been a month or so ago. I saw a big ass bird outside my apartment. <laughs> like a like a, a vulture or some shit. 
Well, let me. So, so what happened? I went and got my girlfriend. I said, "Look at this big ass turkey." <laughs> she said, "Baby, that's a vulture." Oh, said, what? I said, "Get back in the house." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know much about vultures, but I'm like, that's a bad sign, ain't it? Yeah, I was. Yeah, it, when you said a big ass bird, I'm like, well, that's probably a vulture you're talking I'm like, about. Walking around like. Yeah, you don't fuck with them. Like, you need to go back in the house when you see one of those. Straight back in the house, man. Like, nah. You, I mean, you, you. I mean, if you fight one, you'll win. You'll be hurt though. Yeah. What man. you, what you don't want to fuck with is American bald eagle. I mean, they don't run up on humans like that, though. But even if you win, you lose because, like, you're like, oh, I, f- I saved my family from this bald eagle, and they're like, now you're going to prison. Yeah, I want to say, yeah, you, you just hurt an endangered animal, you <laughs> motherfucker. Come here. Uh, there used to be a bald eagle that used to chill at the University of Memphis campus. I bullshit you not. Like wow. it used to fly right there in the courtyard and be sitting there flapping his wings and what shit. What about a UC or something? Man, yeah. And it used to be so majestic looking, but I didn't I didn't get too close to it. The motherfuckers, they getting close to it, taking pictures. I, I was like, y'all must don't know m- much about eagles, right? That's <laughs> something. Them motherfuckers will yank your eye out and just keep going. Jesus. We need to watch some more anime. They'll pick up a small baby and be gone. Man, I saw this video the other day. This dude had a humane rat trap. And, you know, he was like, all right, cool. He let it go. And a bald eagle came and just took it away. It ran about, like, 20 yards. And then the eagle was like, bet. And just came and got it. Appreciate that. Kevin Mintag got all the limbs and everything. Cool. (sighs) Yeah. You know they kill them before they even get in the air with them. They already. Oh, they just, wait, they just flap their wings, just be tearing it up apart with the talons. Yeah, like the the moment the talons go into it, most most of the times what they do, they snap their neck on the way up. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! They, they they dead on impact, or or they stick their talons right into their neck to where they pierce through their neck. Yeah, they kill them instantly. You know, that's one thing that's actually super interesting to me, too. Like, one thing the show, and not just this show, I think oftentimes when you see in media, in, in, you know, specifically, I'll say 21st century stuff. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going un, un, to say unwell-versed. That's not exactly what I mean. I'm not, I'm not as familiar with, like, the depth of things prior to the 21st century the way I'd like to be on this particular topic. But there is a cynical side to no matter which culture you're talking about in their media like human nature and the belief that humans are innately like violent and if you take away things from them um if they don't have enough toilet paper they start shooting each other for example so it's like this whole thing of like once you have scarce resources almost like that whole joker thing like if you uh from from the dark knight uh you know, you take away things that used to need to go crazy and, and, you know, they're always like turned to violence. But the thing that's interesting is like that's kind of how like nature is. Like, I, I don't it's kind of curious to me, to, like, you know, like humanity is not I mean, we are, you know, we, we see ourselves as different from animals, but we are of nature. Right. Um, particularly the birthing process, which Tim will see again soon. Um, yeah. it, it really does kind of change how you see shit. I think when you kind of get to that phase of it, and even my wife now who's pregnant and seeing how, like that that process of of how bodies change and 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 how women are able to create life, like it, it's you never quite get away from that. And and there's so much about how things function that we typically hide from one another, and we don't see that. I think midnight gospel kind of finds a way to to like latch on to even like this thing at the end when everybody becomes zombies and they talk about how everybody's running from from something and once they embrace death as being zombies like they can truly be free yeah like i don't know there's something about that 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 i think is just very interesting where Oftentimes we're always talking about in these optimistic tones and like doing the things that seem purely to like appeal to some form of commerce or like continuing to like be a consumer in economic sense. Um, but we're like never like really taking time to just 
embrace that things do become final at some point. And there's not only is there nothing wrong with that, there's no way to avoid it either. So, um, like, how do we how do we embrace that that you know inevitable thing while still like appreciating what's in front of us and not getting caught up in in the grind of it all, you know, at all moments. There's a there's a quote they use a couple times in Midnight Gospel where they say meditation is practice for death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, like I said, I don't, I've, I've been meditating a lot more, especially with, you know, being at home. And I do I do say, I mean, I, I as far as I'm concerned, I never died before. I don't, I don't think so. But um, there is a certain feeling a uh, freeing feeling when you're meditating. And it's almost like, I don't like where, when you get to that point, I guess, where you're not really thinking about too much or you're just focusing on your breathing hmm. and then you focus on your breathing to the point. Sometimes I do it to the point that I don't even hear the breathing no more. And then I say for at least a whole 60 seconds, I've had moments where it's completely still, completely still. And those, like, I mean, for me, that brings me to tears. Like, it's some of the best moments ever. And so when they said that, I was like, damn, I can I can relate to that song, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it also made me think about, I don't know, this might seem a random story, but just talking about spirituality and meditation, it reminded me of this time I met this this woman. I, I'm going to be honest with you, I can't remember this woman's name. But I was going through a whole, I was going through a breakup and everything. And I was at this like festival and I met this, 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 um, this woman. I thought she was just so beautiful. And so I just walked up to her to kind of like holler at her or whatever. And she wound up being just like so deep. And we just had so, such a real good conversation before I know it, we, we, we going from one spot to another. We wound up going to a bar together. She bought me some drinks and we just talking and stuff. And she was telling me about meditation and telling me about how um, she feels that like spirits can be connected. Like me and her were connected to each other. Like we recognized each other. We didn't recognize each other physical forms, but we knew each other spiritual forms. And we just had this. We it was just such a good conversation. Man. I, I I wish I could have recorded that to be honest with you. And I and what's crazy, I never seen this woman again. But she made such a strong impact on me just in that one day. Mm-hmm. I, I ain't gonna lie, that one day just changed my whole trajectory. Like I was down and everything, and it was just it after that. I have to tell y'all a little bit more in depth, you know. It's a very long story. I have to tell you more in depth about it. But I've never seen this woman again in my life. Well, you know, the, the other thing is that's cool about what you said, too, is just, um, you know, right now, uh, you know, we have this Michael Jordan doc going on um, that, that was been let out by ESPN called The Last Dance. It's going to be going on. They're releasing two episodes every Sunday. It'll be going on for a bit. Maybe we'll discuss it at another time. But um, it's like there are different forms of finding yourself and, and being able to center yourself. And, and, and Jordan, one thing that that you know, the mythos about him is like he found himself in competition and, and, and focusing on being the best to ever play the game. Um, you know, in his experience points, like clearly on the basketball court and, and, and what he did um, to market uh, himself in the game of basketball, you know, wanting to dedicate yourself to something, whether it's creating your own business or your, your particular form of work or your family, like find those things to center yourself. Um you know, I think are very important. I do think that that's something that that um, the Midnight Gospel is trying to get across. That you you really want to be able to do things that that allow you to you know enjoy yourself, not be able to you know d- like don't despair. Um, find some like it like when you find things that you believe in, don't don't simply believe in hope to believe in hope like find something that that centers you that you believe in that you can kind of dedicate yourself to or and even like if that's within other people as well like don't don't neglect those around you try to be that you know an influence that can can like kind of share a a good energy with others you know um it's it's 
got a lot to say. It, it's muddled at places if you're not really focused on it. This is not something you can have on on the background. You got to be looking at it and really listening. Uh, but I'm really ex- excited to see what happens next in the show. Maybe not just for this season, but if they do another one. And in addition, like how it will actually influence the stuff that comes after it. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see that again. I mean, we've been doing a lot of Netflix stuff recently. It just so happens. But um, they've made a lot of content that's really, really um, it's just they're just trying shit. Like one thing that I get frustrated with about Hollywood and why I'm so happy to see, you know, some avenues for creatives who want to do film and, and, and you know, whatever outside of, of Hollywood is that they're getting to try things that they would never have had a chance to do in that that normal cycle of things where it's like you make something and you need to try to do something to replicate that financial success. So we got to do something real similar to what we did before. Yeah, uh, It's cool to be able to see that we're, we're getting a chance to see more of that. And, and I hope that, you know, th- that continue that push to do so- different sorts of things from a global sense, um, you know, in, in all communities that we're getting to see more of how people see the world. I think that's really important. And I'm, I'm glad to see um, Netflix trying this sort of thing again. I think it was a success, though. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking about what you said about Jordan, though. Like, is dedication really the same thing as being centered? I mean, I guess it centers you on, like, a particular goal, but not centered, I guess, emotionally, in a way. Because uh-huh. his competition was also the thing that led him and in my opinion, to become addicted to gambling because of the competition that comes along with gambling. Well, I mean, again, there's always a balance. I mean, look, he wasn't taking psychedelics. He was gambling. You know what I mean? Like, he he wasn't taking, he wasn't popping Molly. He was gambling. I mean, like, but that's still an addiction. And it's still- it, it is an addiction, right? And, and and but even like this first episode of this show talks about now. I, I don't. I'm not saying I agree with this perspective. You know, all the way right. But like, it's it, there's different ways to understand how these things function. So for the way it, it was mentioned there, it was no drugs are bad. It's just about like how you choose to frame those things, and if you're do, doing them in access where you can't function, and those are different things. Um, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with gambling on its own. Um, it's how far do you take it, and, and does it lead to some um, that impacts other pieces of your life, and in, in, in you know, um, including your you know your family and and you know it, just it, your career in other ways. Yeah, it's the definition of all all addictions. It's like, are you doing it not for pleasure, but because you're you have to do it? It's compulsive. Oh. You know what? I'm sorry. Perfect. I'm glad you said that. Because remember, in the second episode, this was brought up where the woman was saying she got to the point she she thought she needed to keep an edge in her ego. Like she thought she didn't keep drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. And excess. Lamont. Yes. If she didn't keep drinking in excess, she would not keep that 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 edge. Yeah. Oh. But it was an excuse to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, th- I think that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. But but that's but that's what I'm saying too about with Jordan though. Like if you so if you have if you're ex- an extremely competitive individual, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like at the time that Jordan was playing, like who who was all his competition really? You know. So well, like he, he had competition certainly, but his whole thing was he wanted to be sure people knew that he was the best. Right. Right. But once yeah. you once you show that you're the best. Like so, so so. So this thing, like once you show you the best, what what left what left is there, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, but, but that's why he retired, right? The first time, he yeah, had but, done everything he came to do. But the point I'm making is that he was more addicted to to um, competing than anything else. So that's why you go into getting into gambling because this is the next form of competing. Well, it's the, like, so. Th- think of it this way. Um, Look, I'm I'm psychoanalyzing a hero, a childhood hero, man. I don't know how true this is, right? But I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, for example, because to your point, he had proven he he was the best. His issues when it came to gambling and access don't really seem to come up until after he's clearly like dominant, dominant, dominant. Yeah, um, because he had the money to do it. 
Well, there's that, but he can't lose on the basketball court. Like it, it's almost like like he doesn't even have a chance to lose. That's how good he is. Right. And so you know what I'm saying? yourself in the situation where you possibly can lose. Right, right. Gambling. Yeah. And so and 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 that's what I'm saying. Like it's kinda like, you know, when you when you sometimes you can have I won't say too much ambition, but if you don't have something that centers you and it would you and, and like let's say if your main thing is like Oh, I want to be the best in this. I want to be the best in that. Once you, what happens when you achieve that? You know, yeah, because that happens a lot to people. They climb that mountain, and it's not what it's not actually fulfilling them. I think no. there's a masochistic thing to it too, where like if you're doing too well, Keith and I actually talked about this, like not on not on the pod, but whenever things are going well, that tendency to think the other shoe's got to drop, like what's going to happen, and it's like if you're doing incredibly well in basketball, for instance, or incredibly well in your job or whatever, there's always this there's sometimes this nagging sense that like I deserve to have something bad happen and gambling can sort of fill that hole where it's like, all right, karmically I'm going to lose a bunch of money playing poker or whatever. Um, and that's going to make up for how well things are going for me. I mean, I had a year where like I lost my job and my mom had a heart attack and something else happened. And I kind of came out of that year going like, Oh, this is, this is good. Cause like nothing bad is going to happen to me for a while. Like, yeah, man, like yeah. it was it was bad, but it was like it was like at least I had enough bad stuff happen to me that it's not gonna re- next year can't be this bad. Uh, and, and, and then I, it was twenty twenty. <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> next year's gonna be great. <laughs> oh, oh, I think um, so. Humans have a strange relationship with adversity to begin with. Like, I think there's a part of us that wants um, or we might think that we want an easy life, but then you get it and then you realize how boring that shit is. It's, and then you... Well, it's, it's, it's uh, Odysseus, right? Was, yeah. It's home after all that shit. And then he's like, damn, this is boring. Right. Holy shit. Like, man, I, I need, I need a, a Cyclops to fight. Right. You know? Or, or Beowulf had a similar situation, right? Yep. And so, in a sense, Jordan is both Beowulf and... <laughs> and well, he's like, I got to go play baseball, right? I mean, not a good he's idea. He's like, I, I, need, I need to struggle with something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. I mean... Man, it's You know, man, I, I hope we do get a chance to talk about the doc because you, you do... You un, you really get that. You really understand that when you're looking at it. I mean, in his second year playing, Larry Bird said that was God disguised as Michael Jordan. Because the team that people think is the best team of all time, like, you know, like potentially, right? The 1986 Celtics, they had the best defense in the league, and he torched these shit out of them for 63 points in a playoff game in Boston. It was just working them. And Bird in his sec in Jordan's second year gave him that sort of praise. I mean, people knew, but you know who were the best in the game. Magic and Larry were, were by far considered the best players at that time, and and they had someone's adulation for a player who was I think shit. He might be like 21, 20. It was he was no older than twenty two by that point. I thought that like, that's might insane. Be, I, I thought that might be some art of war stuff by by Larry Bird because he like blows him up and it's almost like oh you're great like there's no room for improvement. But then they won. Like the Celtics won that series. Which I was shocked by. Yeah, and, and he, he repeated it repeated it in the doc in current day. It's interesting. I believe him in the current day. I mean, because I do think, you know, Michael Jordan's the greatest ever. But I felt like at the time, Larry Bird was trying to say, like, oh, you're perfect. There's no room for improvement. Because if you <laughs> oh, say wow, that, I see what you're just saying. You know? No, him and Magic missed that shit. It didn't work. Yeah. Yeah, him, well, he said it after the game when I'm getting torched, and then Magic always, you know, um, had just nothing but praise for Mike. And when he lost to them in the finals, I mean, he's, you know, in the doc, he says, um, actually, I mean, he said he, they took footage from the loss in the finals in 1991, but he said, you know, I hate that we lost, but, you know, I'm glad that it was, if it was to anybody, it'd be Michael Jordan, who, who this is his era now. I mean, he's taking over things, and, um, you know, he he's going to take us to the next, the, the league itself to the next level. I mean, he really did believe that. Um, there's just so much fascinating stuff for our storylines when it comes to sports and, and how these things, yeah. when it comes to success and 
the, these guys who get they get so far um, and they become the best at their craft and how that actually leads to so much personal turmoil because they it's like they can't find they, they got to that that mountain that that peak and they still couldn't find like fulfillment we'll have to do a whole jordan episode yeah i think it'd be a good idea at some point it, it's super interesting there's a lot of things that happen in air that that are just insane but um, you know, it, it's weird to type Midnight Gospel into Jordan, but I, I do think there are pieces of that, as Keith said, that, you know, having that that centering yourself in competition, like what are the issues with that? It's something I honestly do hope to um, to really, you know, dive, delve into when I finish the, the pilot I'm writing and, and hopefully, you know, really get that off the ground. It's something I, I'm, I'm very much interested in that and like, you know, what does it mean to really define yourself that way. And if someone is the best at something and they don't define themselves that way as American society expects, like what is the tension between them and, and fans and, and media? If they, if they're not constantly like, this is the most important thing in my life, blah, blah, blah. But they're just like amazing at it because they work at their craft, but they don't obsess over it the way people want them to like, what, what is the dichotomy there? What happens? But yeah, I don't know. I think we've said a whole lot about a lot of shit. Uh, this might be a good time to close. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, so thank you all for tuning in with us. Um, please be sure to follow us on Facebook and also on Instagram at the Low Key Pod and um, on Twitter. And that's all I got. That's it. Hey, we're gonna come up with something real cool for the next one too. Thank you for joining us for this conversation. Um, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Peace. Peace. Peace.